In business today, the problem is not actually how to get the word out about what you do and what you have to sell. We have a multitude of communications channels and media platforms at our disposal, live and online. No, the problem is converting these audiences into great clients. So in today's episode, I'm going to take you on a journey of how to lay the foundations for having a lovely experience in your enrollment conversations, as well as mapping out a structure for the calls based on buying psychology. See you in a tick. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. So hello, hello, and welcome again to the Leverage Business Podcast. And today we're going to be discussing the art and science of consultative sales to enroll clients with ease and grace. In business today, the problem's not actually how to get the word out, how to market what you do. We have a lot of different channels and platforms and tools, etc., to do that. No, the problem is converting these audiences into great clients. And a lot of that depends on the sales call. How you think about sales and selling, even what you call that call in your mind's eye, can be really important to your success. So in today's episode, I'm going to take you on a journey of how to lay the foundations for having a lovely experience in your enrollment conversations, as well as mapping out a structure for the calls based on psychology of how people hate being sold to yet love to buy. Firstly, we're building on previous episodes where I've talked about education-driven marketing. And just last week, we looked at professional identity as the core part of that in relation to who you serve and why it's important. Just as with your marketing, an education-driven consultative sales approach is distinctly opposite to the uncomfortable paradigms we know of hard selling, pitching, prospecting, which professionals usually loathe. If you take this more leveraged approach, you'll soon be leaving your industry competitors far behind you because they haven't caught up yet to the fact that that's really not the way to do it. It's way easier to go into any sort of sales conversation if you're inviting only those who are most fitting people and you've already had some prior contact where they've been able to get to know you, like you and trust you. That may be reading your articles or a book you wrote, being part of your social media following being in a group you lead, or hey, listening to your podcast. This sets up the relationship a little in advance, so you're more likely to have a positive enrollment conversation. What you don't want is to go in cold, like a blind date. That kind of cold calling experience is usually why expert practitioners hate sales. Most of the challenges my clients have around sales are centered on three things, making the offer, talking about price, and asking for the sale. Not being comfortable or effective when doing presentations or conducting sales conversations is one of the biggest barriers to success in business, particularly in the service-based business industries. However, getting better isn't simply a matter of having the right forms of words or techniques. It's partly about mindset and partly about laying the right foundations in the first place. 
the gap between thinking about a sales conversation, even practicing or role-playing it, and actually doing it for real can be immense. And that's why it's both an art and a science. Some people have a natural flair for sales, but most of us don't. Some will just dive in and get through it. Others will avoid setting up calls altogether. In fact, they make every excuse under the sun for not making calls. And a coach will help you work out what's going on and guide you to find a path to overcoming the obstacles that are standing in your way personally. So that's what I'm helping to do in this episode, at least to give you a few things to think about and a few things to do. So you can invite your prospects to a call, talk to them, make your offer with ease and grace. Your sales copy should have done a large part of the tricky sales psychology for you. And I went through that in quite some detail in episode 17 last month. It should focus on addressing two crucial return on investment questions people will have about your offer. And that's one, what's the opportunity that will change or improve things for me, for us? And two, is that benefit worth the fee? In other words, what's the result, benefits and impact from working with you? Your prospect wants to know how much bang they will get for their buck in terms of outcomes, quality or quantity are secondary concerns. Surprisingly, most consultants aren't too good at articulating the end outcomes they achieve for their clients. Their sales material tends to focus on the means to the end, what they do or how they do it, rather than the end result. This comes back to another reason why you may not like the sales part of business, and that's because you don't have the clarity about what you offer. Without clarity, there's confusion and self-doubt. And it means you feel unsure when making the offer. Undoubtedly, you know the person you're talking to senses this and it becomes an uncomfortable, even stressful and vicious circle. This happens both during the call and it builds up in advance of subsequent calls. And all you want is not to do those calls. After my first year or so working in the business advice or business mentoring arena, I realized I was doing something different to other consultants and coaches. While they were buying leads and appointments and working on their selling, pitching and prospecting skills and encountering all of the resistance and stress I just described, I was having quality conversations with people who had signed up to get my information and applied for a strategy session. Blending marketing with education for business development purposes is perhaps something I've always done, since at heart I'm a teacher. In every service-based industry I've ever worked, including health and wellness, wealth management, personal growth, marketing, and business support, the direct selling part of my sales process is a simple consulting conversation. So let's now lay the foundations for effective sales. The science bit to effective enrollment calls is how you set it up in the first place. So that's your marketing, your sales page, and your invitation After you've decided on the type of platform you'll use predominantly for your content and start sharing articles, podcasts, videos, live presentations, books, you immediately begin to build an audience. Your education-based marketing content sets everything up for you. It provides the warm-up, a way to help your prospects achieve the first step towards the solution they want. They start to trust you as an expert and solution provider. The problem you need to resolve is this. How can I get my message out on the right frequency so my ideal audience hears it and wants to engage with it and to share it? 
Because when you get that bit right, anyone who does then um, apply to have a conversation with you is already pre-qualified. I love talking about funnels and sales processes, but packaging an offer and putting it out into the marketplace, that really is where the rubber hits the road, right? To capture your ideal audience's attention, engage with them, there are three musts. First, you must understand your target market's problems, context, and point of view. Second, you must create a compelling and irresistible offer that clearly conveys what you can deliver that addresses their needs specifically. And third, you must ask for permission to enter into the conversation of what you're all about, inviting them to make a small initial commitment to actively step forward and talk with you. Seth Godin is the father of permission marketing. He says, permission marketing is the privilege, not the right, of delivering anticipated, personal and relevant messages to people who actually want to get them. From a position of permission, you can transition much more easily into offering your service or program without the usual sales pressures or pushy presentations. Although there's merit in adding incentives to take action, like time-limited or quantity-limited pricing or bonuses, there's absolutely no cunning manipulation techniques required. It's important to include an application step, as I mentioned earlier, that I do a strategy session as part of the registration booking process. So when they actually apply for a strategy session, they have to fill out a number of questions, what I call the intake form. This provides an opportunity for me to see how serious they are, find out a little bit more about them and demonstrates, I think, that I'm professional about how I go about things. It allows you to pre-qualify who you spend your time speaking with as well. And it seems to help if you give your enrollment or sign-up call an appealing name, something really relevant again. Rather than the norm like free consult or free session, how about at least a strategy session or a discovery call? And if there's a very tangible outcome you deliver, you can go one step further and link it into your program title, your program name or your service name. Call it something that matches exactly what they're wanting help with. For example, in my consulting business, I called one of my offers a strategic marketing roadmap call because what my ideal client wants is a route through the confusion. And now I have a digital roadmap consult. And that's also linked to the fact that my consulting methodology is called ROAD, R-O-A-D. So it, it kind of makes sense. It's aligned and it you know, gives people a sense that they're going to go on a little journey and they're going to get a, some kind of compass. And there's lots of metaphors that I use around that, as you probably noticed. So let's talk about client dating and if you like asking the big question. I've talked before about the engage, educate and role pathway that I um, cover in my book and how it's akin to client dating, the process before you get married, which in business terms, you know, when they sign up with you. More commonly for high-end offers at the dating stage, there's no click to buy option, right? The final commitment's more likely to be closed through your final application and enrollment conversation. But having processes and systems in place can help do most of the heavy lifting to get someone to the point of a buying decision before you even get on the, on the call with them. I think once you're clear on your professional identity, as we talked about in last week's episode, 
which includes aligning with your purpose and working in a profitable niche, you need to craft the offer you feel will best help your target audience. The whole point of building a profile and authority platform, creating a lead magnet and developing a pipeline of contacts is to engage and nurture the right people towards your irresistible offer. Then what? Well, then you have to ask them to take the next step. And in most high-end offers, that means getting on the phone or a Zoom call with them and having an exploratory or strategy kind of conversation. The call to action is a critical part of understanding your prospect's next best move towards becoming a client. So make sure it stands out throughout your sales page. It doesn't have to be only at the end. You can intersperse it so that when people are skimming around the page, then they will think when they're ready, they will book a call. In a leveraged consulting sales process, your sales page should be an invitation to take the next step, not an order form. If you're an agency offering a specific done-for-you package, I'd still advise you pre-qualify your clients. In this way, your call to action will be to apply for a free consult session, your sign-up call. Your call to action for a professional services offer is rarely a buy now type of transaction, as I mentioned before, that you commonly see, say, for retail products or low cost products. With high end consulting, coaching programs, etc., selectivity is really important. You're going to be working with this person usually for a few months. And if you're working at the top of the tree as an expert in your field, you don't really want to be a general admission brand. Setting high standards for a client signals that you understand your own worth. In the same way that VIP and private clubs work, you build desire in high-end markets by being exclusive. It's what's called a velvet rope approach to attracting premium clients, offering limited availability and saying no to unqualified prospects. I've used this in several businesses and find it's not only great for managing my time, it's also actually creates more demand and more respect during sign-up calls. Prospects have to sell themselves to me, not the other way around. I mentioned this to a client the other day and I sort of said, you know, I had somebody get on the phone with me. He was just like, I can't believe I'm actually speaking to you, um, you know, like because I'd written a book. It made a lot of difference because they'd read a lot of my stuff. They'd seen me, um, you know, they'd done a search on me. They'd sort of seen that I'm in all kinds of places. So it kind of elevates you to this this sort of celebrity status almost, you know, suddenly becoming slightly famous um, in their eyes because they'd done the research. And that showed me, you know, not how flattering it was, but actually that they were serious, that they were interested enough to to go and and look me up. The deeper the relationship you have, um, the more that they've kind of seen you in advance, if you like, the easier the enrollment conversation goes. If they only just downloaded a free resource, it may be too soon to invite them to a one-to-one call. You're going to have to do a lot of work to build that trust, to get that respect. But if your person has already watched a webinar you ran, been in your networking group, has been actively opening your emails, they're going to be closer to making a commitment to work with you. The enrollment conversation with you is where you can both find out exactly whether they're a good fit for your program. And if so, ask the big question. How committed are you? Are you ready to get hitched? Generally, hot prospects know what they want and what you can provide and just may be looking for reassurance about saying yes and signing on the dotted line. There's little that influences the success of a marketing campaign more than a great offer. 
In your sales copy, outlining where the problems stem from can help someone understand why your offer is a good fit for what they need, as well as agitate the problem and create a sense of urgency to sort it. You're doing exactly the same thing, essentially, in your enrollment conversation. We'll talk about that in a moment. When you drive sales with marketing content that's engaging and educational, and you take a consultative approach in the enrollment conversations you have with prospective clients, you will tend to always have positive discussions that lead elegantly to signups, that is, sales. There are differing schools of thought on whether having a low-end product works for a high-end consulting or or coaching business, but it doesn't hurt or create too much work to put at least one stepping stone between your first date and your marriage proposal. Right, so now I want to just focus a little bit on how to take consulting um, as a skill, if you like, into the enrollment conversation. Because professional service providers are first and foremost experts in what they do, they may also have had to develop consulting or coaching skills as part of their work with clients. However, consultants certainly do not start out as business managers or marketers, unless that's their field, of course. But what if you could leverage both your expertise and consulting skills as part of your marketing and sales process? That would feel natural, right? The Engage, Educate, Enroll Pathway, which I set out in my book and I've talked about in previous episodes, is all about doing just that, mapping out a structured process to attract your ideal clientele to you in a way that feels natural to your everyday consulting or coaching practice. After engaging and educating your prospects, as we just described, when you eventually invite someone to have a consultative enrolling call with you, It's in the spirit of providing further service. It's a basic human need to be understood, to feel connected to people with common values and to be acknowledged. Your clients are no different. Some would argue that marketing is about engaging people in order to sell to them. That's a transactional model of engagement. That is the marketing results in a transaction of some kind, a sale of your services, so you get what you want, an income. However, I believe a more effective model from a leveraged perspective is to think of marketing as a transformative model of engagement and sales in much the same light. People may be attracted to you, to what you do and why you do it, but the perceived value is far higher if they feel you can help them and they can see that you're helping them move from where they are now to where they want to be because of what you know and are able to do. So you're demonstrating you can help them by actually helping them. So why not make that discovery process the initial consultation part of the enrollment conversation? That way you can build trust, elicit needs, assess the fit, and then decide whether the best thing for that person is your program, product or service. It takes most all of the pressure off. The dialogue should be non-directive and non-salesy. It allows you to have a personal meeting of minds, demonstrates your professionalism and understanding of the problem. It shares some of the value of your expertise and most importantly builds rapport, confidence and trust all at the same time. When you structure the enrollment conversation to identify the gap between where they are now and where they want to be or the result they want, you highlight a course of action or a plan. Remember my roadmap? People find that really helpful and they'll thank you for it. Don't give too much away though, because the natural next question is whether they want some help to implement what's needed. 
And in that conversation, you're not selling, you're helping. Your only job in that session is to uncover their pain and need and desire to help the prospect to admit their current reality, the problem and what it's costing them to look at the gap to the desired outcome and to see the value in how you can help them towards the solution by closing the gap. High quality conversations generate clients and income and you should be having lots of them. The free session should be a high value exchange for both of you. Just to summarize, they're able to get to know you, like you and trust you and you're able to pre-qualify them as a good fit for your program. They get to speak with you privately about their individual challenges and you get to learn more fully how your target market sees their challenges and the, the language that they use. You are both able to decide if what you do will help them to achieve the result they want. When there's alignment between what they want to achieve and what your program delivers, you'll find it straightforward to ask them if they'd like to learn more about a program that can help them with the problem they just told you that they have. From there, enrolling them as a new client will be a natural conclusion to the conversation. Next, let's look at the role of coaching in sales conversations. Now, hopefully you're in a more positive mindset about what the sales conversation can achieve for your client and how you approach it. So let's look at the process of one of coaching rather than selling. By focusing on the deep emotional need that your potential clients have for what you expertly do, you can make an offer in a gracious manner. In fact, I'd argue that if you have expertise people want to need, it's a total disservice not to make an offer. After you've spent all this time helping someone see what lies beneath the problem they want solve, they want to know how to solve it. And most likely they are super pumped to take that next step to solve it. Jay Abraham puts it really well. There's only one way on earth to influence other people. Talk about what they want and show them how to get it. So it's perfectly acceptable to make offers. It's if done graciously and in service. But it's certainly worth bearing in mind that psychologically, there's an emotional and a logical bridge to cross before someone buys. Even if they've bought into you and feel what your offer is right for them, and perhaps even decided they want to buy, it's often an emotional response to your offer if you've matched with their pain points and desires. People then need some logical arguments to support what's going on in their head before going ahead with a decision. The skills you need here are much more aligned with a coaching conversation than a sales conversation. In the spirit of consultative sales, your enrollment call is important for both you and your prospect to find out if what you offer is right for them and is really going to help them achieve the specific outcome they want. Interestingly, what I, what I found on both sides of the fence, as a customer and a provider, the decision to buy or sign up is not just about the money. It's simply about someone's readiness to commit to a course of action. Sometimes it's a mindset thing about how they feel about you or having a certain way of working, learning or developing or moving on past a bad experience. So a lot of the conversation is around where that resistance lies for them and helping them to make the decision that is right for them. Let's just look then at the mindset of serving, not selling. To increase enrollments into your program or service or sell a product, so the conversion, if you like, from prospect to client, it's important to know how to communicate what you offer without coming across as overly salesy. 
Your aim is not to make a sale or close the deal in one conversation. It should be far more subtle, graceful and empowering for your client than that. So don't get too focused on the outcome that you want. Get focused on the process that helps them. And here's why the sales appointment type approach is not well suited to a service orientated business and the clients you wish to win over. You're going from a standing start. When you generate leads and appointments or sales calls with educational marketing rather than just buying them, you'll save at least 80% of the time, effort and money you're currently spending to acquire a client. A prospective client's decision to work with you, hire your services or buy your product is not something you should try to control. Instead, you can design an enlightened path for them as they travel down the buying decision stream. I mean, this isn't isn't the fluffy kind of thing, right? This is your marketing process. That's the whole point of marketing is to make sales really easy. So, I mean, people buy confidence in how you can help them. They buy that far more than competence. Although obviously you need to underpin your services with professional credibility and experience. Before starting to provide advice and guidance on the problem or need you think they have, you'll serve your clients best by asking questions and clarifying responses in order to deepen understanding of what they want and how they think about it all. Because quite often our own biases can come in and we make a lot of assumptions about things. Educationally, what you're doing is shifting your client's perspective of the problem and what they think they want and providing expert input to help them understand what they need to do to achieve a specific solution or result. This wins clients over because you're serving, not selling, and you're teaching, not telling. My colleague and friend, Melinda Cohen, CEO of The Coaching Console, puts it so well. She talks about helping people move from pain island to pleasure island by asking questions that prompt visual pictures of what those states look like. It's super fun and really effective. And I've had people go from tears to laughter during the course of this kind of conversation. From a customer service perspective, too, this makes perfect sense. I mean, take your take your local gadget store where the salespeople kind of jump on you as soon as you 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 just enter those big glass doors. And the good ones, though, are truly attempting to understand your situation, find out what you need and help you pick a product that suits. If you get this, it may be easier to see how education works so well as a sales tool and how coaching can help draw out the answers to those key questions, even during an enrollment conversation. From experience, I know that when people feel motivated towards a goal, they're more open to understand the underlying issues in their problem. And I've been able to help them take a decision on my approach to getting the solution way more easily. Because the problem is that your prospects don't always know what the end goal looks like and therefore they won't immediately be able to articulate why it's important to them. So the coaching is really important to help draw that out, to really drill down to the sort of emotional benefits that they're looking for. You know, generally speaking, if you ask people what they want, they're not sure, but they can sure give you a whole list of things that they don't want. And in the psychology of all this, we know that people are more motivated to move away from pain than towards pleasure. So you have to help them see the possibilities by getting them to paint the before and after pictures. So let's look at that. Let's focus on eliciting needs and highlighting the gap. In practice, what you're doing is looking at the gap between where they are and all the challenges, the pain points and where they want to be, the possibilities, the pleasure points. 
there's two things that need to happen. First, you engage and consult with or coach the prospective client to understand the thinking behind what they say they want, open up their problem and look what's behind the pain, stress and frustration that they have. And only from this vantage point can you start to indicate a possible solution or a set of solutions. In other words, you know, the sort of things that can be implemented to resolve or improve the problem that they've outlined, taking on board their context. Using this kind of consultative or coaching approach of asking questions and exposing the real underlying problems, your prospective client starts to become educated, to understand their situation better and to see possible ways more clearly from the expert angle. And second, your prospective client catches on to the reasoning for how your service or product aligns with their problem and delivers the solution that they want and will value. And they, they start to then see you as the person to help them bridge that gap. And by the way, your existing clients are a great source of market intelligence for understanding the concerns, needs and pain points of your target market. Plus the problem language they use to articulate these makes great sales copy. One might therefore argue that every conversation with a prospective client is actually also a market research activity, not just a sales activity. As you learn how to articulate better the problems that they're having, you should notice even casual conversation with your audience gets easier. And you will undoubtedly gain clients from these interactions as people get the sense that you're on their side and understand their challenges. However, never assume you always understand the current situation as we live in rapidly changing times and quite literally, things change, shit happens. Embrace opportunities to enter into dialogue with your target audience or new prospective clients. Okay, let's move on to something very practical and that's how to map out your discovery call process. Mapping out your discovery call process is something I teach in the iSuccess Business Academy membership training. And I spend a lot of time coaching clients on how to have great enrollment conversations. And I'm going to do a whole episode just on this one topic, but I'll give you here a brief outline today because it does fit really well with what we've just talked about for using consultative sales to enroll clients. In my consulting process, after finding out a little bit about their organization or business and the challenges they're facing, I always start with a key question. What does success look like to you? Or what change do you want to see? This encourages or actually forces them to identify where they are now and where they want to be. Closing the gap becomes a tangible result that I can help deliver. I also ask clients, why is that important to you? because this moves the conversation to a deep emotional level and highlights their current pain or dissatisfaction with the situational problem. If illuminating emotional benefits is important in consulting, it's doubly important in sales. What you do, how you do it, and what outcome you achieve for clients are worth differentiating. Your prospective clients will mostly be thinking about the means because that's what they're used to thinking and hearing about. So you need to steer the conversation so you're not just batting back answers to questions like, how does it work? Having a structured outline for the conversation is really important, and that helps demonstrate your leadership and facilitation role in the consultation too. It keeps you on the straight and narrow, elicits the before and after picture, as we talked about, and ensures your prospect gets what they need from the call. We call this consultative sales because people who feel they're being consulted, listened to and understood, not talked at, while at the same time learning something about the problem they have, 
are going to be way more receptive to working with you. So in your enrollment call or whatever you decide to call it, if you want to optimize how well your calls convert to clients, you'll want to have an outline or a script as a compass and guide for the direction of the conversation. Remember the point about helping someone to see and acknowledge the gap and what may be a blind spot or a block for them? That's why you need a strategy for the strategy call. You need to show this leadership and help the person to make a decision that's going to empower them. At the end of your sales process, your payment process should be as straightforward as possible as well. And what you do to onboard your new client, again, should reassure them that you mean business and you have a structure for what you do. It's professionalism. Finally, a good enrollment conversation gives relief, hope and incentive that the full solution is within reach. This is incredibly empowering for your prospective client. You need to provide the prospect with a lot of value without giving too much away. It's most definitely not about delivering one big sales pitch. If you truly believe what you provide can help someone, the next natural step is for them to enroll in one of your programs or sign up for a service. But whether or not they enroll there and then, the enrollment conversation should be useful and positive for them. A lot of clients don't say yes the first time you ask, but may well make the decision at a future date. So they want to come away feeling uh, positive, optimistic and good about themselves. And hey, yeah, even excited. Everything kicks off when you create relevant, useful content to engage and educate the right audience, because that starts the process of building the trusted relationship that you want with your most ideal prospects. So when you get on a call, you can get to know them on a personal one-to-one level. And that's it for today. I hope it gave you some insights so you can go away and map out your process and understand how it fits into your customer journey. My parting wisdom is this. Enrollment should be a positive experience for your prospects. So don't focus on making a sale and getting clients signed up. Focus on getting consult sessions booked in and getting to know your people. That's all for me today. Back with you next week. And I'm really excited because I've got a fantastic guest lined up for you. And she's going to be talking about how to hire the right virtual assistant so that you can leverage your time and build your capacity to grow. Can't wait for that one. But for me, it's ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast. 